Greetings, everybody. It's March 6th. This is the One Year Bible Tour. My name is David McAdam, and I'm happy to serve as your guide. How fitting it is for us to be worshiping the Lord in the beauty of His creation, in the many seasons of life, knowing that He's a faithful God, and we can be relying on Him no matter what the weather or the circumstance. He is our rock. He's our high tower. He's our fortress. He's our strength. So we're going to be continuing our trek through the Bible today. In the Old Testament, we're reading from the book of Numbers, and we will continue with the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament. Also our dip into the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs. We're reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 6, starting with verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The Nazarite Vow And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, and say to them, When either a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to separate himself to the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink, and shall not drink any juice of grapes or eat grapes, fresh or dried. All the days of his separation He shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine, not even the seeds or the skins. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall touch his head. Until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord, he shall be holy. He shall let the locks of his hair of his head grow long. All the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body, not even for his father or for his mother. For brother or sister, if they die, he shall make himself unclean, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation he is holy to the Lord. And if any man dies very suddenly beside him, and he defiles his consecrated head, then he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day he shall shave it. On the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons to the priest to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and the priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering, and make atonement for him, because he sinned by reason of the dead body. And he shall consecrate his head that same day, and separate himself to the Lord for the days of his separation, and bring a male lamb a year old for a guilt offering. But the previous period shall be void, because his separation was defiled. And this is the law for the Nazarite, when the time of his separation has been completed. He shall be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting, and he shall bring his gift to the Lord, one male lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering, and one ewe lamb a year old without blemish as a sin offering, and one ram without blemish as a peace offering, and a basket of unleavened bread, loaves of fine flour mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers smeared with oil, and their grain offering and their drink offerings. And the priest shall bring them before the Lord, and offer his sin offering and his burnt offering. And he shall offer the ram as a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord, with the basket of unleavened bread. The priest shall offer also its grain offering and its drink offering. And the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and shall take the hair from his consecrated head, 
and put it on the fire that is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall take the shoulder of the ram, when it is boiled, and one unleavened loaf out of the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and shall put them on the hands of the Nazarite, after he has shaved the hair of his consecration. And the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. They are a holy portion for the priest, together with the breast that is waved and the thigh that is contributed. And after that the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite. But if he vows an offering to the Lord above his Nazarite vow, as he can afford, in exact accordance with the vow that he takes, then he shall do in addition to the law of the Nazarite. Aaron's Blessing, verse 22 of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Chapter 7 Offerings at the Tabernacle's Consecration On the day when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, and had anointed and consecrated it with all its furnishings, and had anointed and consecrated the altar with all its utensils, the chiefs of Israel, heads of their fathers' houses, who were the chiefs of the tribes, who were over those who were listed, approached and brought their offerings before the Lord, six wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for every two of the chiefs, and for each one an ox. They brought them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Accept these from them, that they may be used in the service of the tent of meeting, and give them to the Levites, to each man according to his service. So Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon, according to their service, and four wagons and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari, according to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, the son of Aaron the priest. But to the sons of Kohath he gave none, because they were charged with the service of the holy things that had to be carried on the shoulder. And the chiefs offered offerings for the dedication of the altar on the day it was anointed, and the chiefs offered their offering before the altar. And the Lord said to Moses, They shall offer their offerings, one chief each day, for the dedication of the altar. He who offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Amminadab, of the tribe of Judah. And his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amminadab. On the second day, Nathanael, the son of Zuar, the chief of Issachar, made an offering. He offered for his offering one silver plate, whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, 
one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Nathanael, the son of Zuar. On the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, the chief of the people of Zebulun, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. On the fourth day, Elizer, the son of Shedeor, the chief of the people of Reuben, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Elizur, the son of Shedeur. On the fifth day, Shemuel, the son of Zurishadai, the chief of the people of Simeon, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Shilumiel, the son of Jerishadai. On the sixth day, Eliasaph, the son of Deuel, the chief of the people of Gad, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Eliasaph, the son of Deuel. On the seventh day, Elishama, the son of Amihud, the chief of the people of Ephraim, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was a hundred and thirty shekels, one silver basin of seventy shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. 
This was the offering of Elishama, the son of Amihud. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pedahzur, the chief of the people of Manasseh, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur. On the ninth day, Abidan, the son of Gideonai, the chief of the people of Benjamin, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Abidan, the son of Gideonai. On the tenth day, Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai, the chief of the people of Dan, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai. On the eleventh day, Pagael, the son of Akron, the chief of the people of Asher, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of 10 shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Pagiel, the son of Akron. On the twelfth day, Ahira, the son of Inan, the chief of the people of Naphtali, his offering was one silver plate whose weight was 130 shekels, one silver basin of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one golden dish of ten shekels, full of incense, one bull from the herd, one ram, one male lamb a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Enan. This was the dedication offering for the altar on the day when it was anointed from the chiefs of Israel, twelve silver plates, twelve silver basins, twelve golden dishes, each silver plate weighing a hundred and thirty shekels, and each basin seventy, all the silver of the vessels, 
2,400 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary, the twelve golden dishes full of incense weighing ten shekels apiece according to the shekel of the sanctuary, all the gold of the dishes being 120 shekels, all the cattle for the burnt offering, twelve bulls, twelve rams, twelve male lambs a year old with their grain offering, and twelve male goats for a sin offering, and all the cattle for the sacrifice of peace offerings, twenty-four bulls, the rams sixty, the male goats sixty, the male lambs a year old sixty. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. And when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony, from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. This is the end of the Old Testament reading from the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 6 teaches us about the Nazarite vow. The word Nazarite comes from the Hebrew word to separate. It is a vow of separation unto the Lord. Therefore, a Nazarite is a separated one. The word separate, or separation, appears sixteen times in this chapter. The Nazarite vow could be taken by any person, male or female, who would voluntarily abstain from certain worldly privileges in order to dedicate themselves to serving God. The vow could be for a limited period, such as in the case of the Apostle Paul, in Acts 21, verses 23 to 27, or a lifetime, such as in the case of Samson, in Judges chapter 13, verse 5, and chapter 16, verse 7, or with Samuel, or John the Baptist. The degree of abstinence may vary, but we learn from Numbers chapter 6 that they restricted themselves from eating any product of the grape, the fruit of the vine. They abstained from cutting their hair, and from being polluted by coming in contact with a dead body, even it were that of a close relative. The vine was a symbol of the joy and prosperity that comes from this earth. Wine whetted the appetite for luxurious indulgence, inflamed passion, and could intoxicate the brain. The long hair was a symbol of that which comes from the physical head of mankind. Those who took the vow were mindful that they were under a headship that was not their own, but the headship of God. It was a reminder of the vow that had been made. It was a sign of dedication and devotion to God. When the time of the vow was fulfilled, the hair would be shaved off the head and put on the altar's fire as an offering to the Lord. The devotee would also bring a sin offering, a burnt offering, and a peace offering. There would also be an offering of consecration, a basket of unleavened cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, along with a grain offering and a drink offering. The Nazarite was not to go near a dead body, including that of a close relative. Not only was the Nazarite separated from the strong pull of natural affection that might compromise one's devotion to God, but they recognized that by this action they were separated from death unto life. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27, we have the well-known benediction which the Lord gave Moses to give to Aaron and his sons, with which they were to bless the people of Israel. It is a prophetic picture of how God's favor is turned upon us through our perfect mediator, Jesus Christ. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. In Numbers 6.24 we read, The Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine on you 
and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Numbers chapter 7 records the offerings of the leaders of the tribes who served as overseers. They were abundant and sacrificial, a cart for every two leaders and an ox for every one. Moses distributed these gifts to Aaron's sons. Two carts and four oxen went to Gershon, while four carts and eight oxen went to Merari. No carts and oxen were given to the Kohathites, for they were to transport the holy furnishings on poles of wood carried upon their shoulders, a picture of our taking up our cross to bear the presence and ministry of the Lord. For twelve days the leaders made their offerings, one leader per day. The chapter concludes first with Moses going into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, and then the Lord speaking audibly to Moses from above the mercy seat. Everything God says to us comes through the cross by way of the mercy seat, representing the place where justice has been satisfied by the perfect work of redemption that Jesus accomplished on our behalf. Numbers chapter 7 verse 89 reads, Now when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with him, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubim, so he spoke to him. And now let's read from the New Testament. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, beginning with verse 38. Beware of the scribes. And in his teaching he said, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums, and a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Chapter 13 And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings! And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, there will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, 
and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is the end of the New Testament reading. The twelfth chapter of the Gospel of Mark concludes with the dramatic contrast between those who play the role of being devoted to God and those who truly are. The sacrificial offering of the widow, who gave two copper coins as an offering to God, was estimated by Jesus to be of more value than all the other contributors to the temple's treasury box. God sees not only how much we give, but how much we keep back. He can see not only what is inside the treasury box, but also what is inside our hearts. King Herod the Great had doubled the size of the temple from what it was during the reign of Solomon. When one of Jesus' disciples praised the wonderful buildings on the Temple Mount, Jesus predicted that not one stone would be left upon another which would not be torn down. How accurately this prophecy was fulfilled in 70 A.D. when Titus of Rome, the son of Vespasian, ransacked Jerusalem, the temple was completely destroyed. Tradition has it that the intense flames of the temple fire caused the abundant gold and silver to melt and run between the stones. Roman soldiers totally dismantled each stone to extract the valuable gold, so not one stone was left upon another. Jesus also gives the disciples signs that point to his return at the end of the age. He speaks of people easily being misled by those who come in his name, even claiming to be him. We are seeing more people in our day who claim to be Jesus. José Luis de Jesus Miranda of Miami claimed to be the second return of Christ, the Antichrist, and he had thousands of followers who believed him because of the miracles they had seen and the teaching they had heard. He died of cirrhosis of the liver in 2013. His followers, thinking he was immortal, had a hard time coping with his death. Alan John Miller of Australia claims that he is the real Son of God. I am Jesus, he says. He leads a growing group of followers called Divine Truth who believe they are bringing in the kingdom. So we are to be on our guard. We're to be ready to speak up and to trust the Holy Spirit to make us faithful witnesses until Christ returns. Now for our reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 49. Why should I fear in times of trouble? To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor, together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble, when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice. 
that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die, the fool and the stupid alike must perish, and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever, their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain, he is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol, with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though, while he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generations of his fathers, who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. And that concludes our reading from the book of Psalms today. Psalm 49 reminds us that wealth cannot save us from death nor earn us a right standing with God. Wealth becomes a false security to many. Money cannot rescue you on this side of the grave or on the other side. In verse 10 we read, For he sees that even wise men die. The stupid and the senseless alike perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses are forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They have called their lands after their own names. But man in his pomp will not endure. He is like the beasts that perish. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 36, For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? The redemption of the human soul is costly. Only the God-man, Jesus Christ, can ransom it from the grave and redeem us from the curse of the law. Verse 15 says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Today's proverb, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27 through 28. The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you that our great high priest, the Lord Jesus, has caused the light of your countenance to fall upon us. He has mediated on our behalf, through his perfect righteousness, every possible favor and blessing. We are so grateful. He separated himself from seeking his own pleasure to do your will, that we might have the joy of being separated unto you. You have made us glad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining with us as we've been reading through God's Word today. We pray that this will be an encouragement to your soul and spur on your meditation throughout the day. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at the email address podcast at newlife.org. Or if you would like a written copy of our daily meditations, you can subscribe at our website, newlife.org. We do pray that in every way you will be enriched in Christ Jesus. God bless you.